Welcome, everybody, to another episode of What's Good with Ben V. Today, we have a real special interview with a friend and former athlete. Her name is Ginny Jacinto. Ginny is originally from Peru, and Ginny was a member and a world medalist with Cirque du Soleil as a contortionist for the better part of a decade. She's won, a, like I said, a bunch of world championships. She's performed for Cirque du Soleil for most of her professional career. And then she dove into television. And today we're going to talk to her about her preparation and her performance for the Star Trek series as a monster contortionist. And I'm excited about the show. I hope you enjoy it. So welcome to Good with Ben V. Today we have Ginny Jessica Jacinto. She's a friend. She's a professional athlete, a contortionist, a performer for Cirque and now a TV actor on the new TV series, Star Trek, The New Generation, the new season. I believe it's season four. Um, she's going to tell us all about that. We re- Season three? Okay, so season three. <laughs> I got it. I just got the three up. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. But thank you, Jenny. Thanks for doing this again. And um, we really appreciate it. You know, I want to get into the whole Star Trek thing. But honestly, because I know you, I know the story. But I want the audience to kind of know, like, how did this happen? Like, start back when you got discovered. And I think you were discovered by by uh, the founder of Cirque du Soleil. Am I correct? You mean when I first, first started? Like when, when you first big... started, right? When wow. you first started. <laughs> back when back. you were when you were walking barefoot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, well, basically, I was a gymnast from like 4 to 10. And kind of too flexible. Like too extreme. Almost like not enough tonus and strength. So in gymnastics, yes, you need flexibility. But you do need that strength. And I was really missing that strength. That it was almost like a little bit scary. Like my trainers were actually, my coaches would ask, like, don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm also like five or six and like extremely like bending, but not really with control. So I would often uh, twist my ankles. So I was, you know, trying to be going to my, my, my vision was even if it was from six to 10 to go to the Olympics. So it was still very competitive. It was a really well-known gymnastics uh, place in, in Montreal. And at some point I just was like, this is too much. Like I'm always twisting my feet and it it was getting not so fun. The competitive, I guess, was to me at that age, I didn't understand exactly what was happening, but something was off. And the day my dad bought the fit, like, our first house, I told my dad, look, we're moving. I don't, I want to quit. I want to, and I, it took me like at least four months to have the courage <clears throat> to tell him because he was so proud. You know how Latino parents are like right behind their daughter and he, he, he would like miss work to bring me to competitions and travel with me. Like he was really like the best dad, supportive and, and, and believing in me. And so it, it was hard, like, to decide that. And I, of course, identified that's the only thing I knew in my head what to do is to, to be a gymnast, right? And so my whole life was around that. So when I quit, was like, oh, my God, I discovered, like, uh, playing outside, discovered TV, because I had no time. It was, like, school, training for four hours, and that was my life for almost five years. And 
there was no other, it, that's all I knew. So it was fine and it was fun, but at some point it wasn't fine and fun anymore. So I was like a kid. I was like, oh my God, TV, friends, this is amazing. That lasted three months. Got so tired of it. And I was like, dad, I think I'm going to do gymnastics again because I didn't know what to do. And I needed to jump and be upside down and be on my hands. Like I was missing that. And where I moved, there was a new gymnastics place, like not new for me, it was new. So I joined and the level what is was like a third of the level of where I was, but I was just, whatever, it's just going for fun. It wasn't the Olympics in my head and it was maybe two hours of training. It was half the time invested as well. So it was easy. It was fun. And then there was a coach from the Canadian men's team that was starting to teach at the school circus. And he was like, you know what? I've been following you since you're five. I know you were in gymnics. You were in really like a well-known club. And now you're, you know, trying to figure out things, I guess. So I'm interested if you, I'm, I'm intrigued if you want to come to the school circus and, and meet other girls that, that do what you do, which is called contortion. And I'm like, there's a name and there's other people. Like that, do that because in my head I was just weird. And, how old, how and old I was mostly training? ten and a half. <laughs> so yeah, so I was just like I wasn't allowed to do that, and I was more like a weird bendy person and not knowing what to do. And especially there was no name to it. So just like him telling me the word contortionist was the first time I would hear that. And I was like, oh my god, I gotta tell my dad. I gotta tell my dad. So. I had a pamphlet from the school circus. I said, dad, dad, what I do, I, I, I could be a contortionist and there's a school circus and there's other girls. I wanted, this is what I want to do. This is, so of course, you know, I'm super excited and I go in this and it go in the, like I stepped in the door and it's really like a gym, exactly like a gymnastics place, except there's like trampoline and there's trapeze and there's jugglers and there's still people flipping all over and there's no feeling of, at all of competitive it's it's really like just people having fun it's like a big playground i found and because the school the school circus had already started like their session was started that the coach had arranged me to meet the contortion trainer and see if i can get in and i was like super nervous i'm like 10 and a half right so she's like hi i'm you know i introduced myself and then she says okay let's just show me what you do and i'm like show me what you do i'm like I'll put my feet here and it says, okay, extend one leg, extend the other leg, lift one. You know, I was just doing what she was telling me. And then she just, like, it lasted three minutes. And she looked at me and says, okay, is there anything you cannot do? And I'm like, does that mean I'm accepted? Am I in school circuit? Like, I was just, like, so excited. And then she says, yes, you'll meet four other girls tomorrow and it's all good. So I was like, just, it changed my life. It changed my world too. To connect with others that and, and to be allowed to, to practice this seems so natural to me. It was a gift. Um, I work extremely hard on balance and strength, but never on the flexibility. It was just I was born with it. So, yeah, we became a, a, a group. We were four contortionists for 10 years. Um, so but just just that the there's always a school of circus performance, like a little show for the parents and stuff. And that's what Cirque Soleil saw as um, the owners and whoever the scouts were there. And I was just like six months in the school circus when they saw the four of us and says, we want you four for our next performance. And of course, I mean, I'm 11 at that point and I'm like, I would go for free. We would all go for free. And like, it was just 
unimaginable to think, oh my God, we're going to join Cirque du Soleil. And this is way, way back, like in 1989. So there's only one show on the road at this point. And there's a, about 30 performers. It's nothing huge or anything. It's tiny. It's a family. So they actually... So they yeah, and for the audience, sir, the audience, how many shows eventually did Cirque du Soleil grow into like at its peak because people don't understand what how how that thing just exploded honestly I, I think it was more than 30 at a time right yeah I stopped I stopped counting I think at 20 so I don't know where like it it ended up because it was it was uh, it just never stopped so yeah like my I think my employee number is like 35. Like something ridiculous. Like now it's probably thousands. Yeah, yeah. It was in the beginning. So, yeah. So, so yeah. That was and in the Cirque du Soleil, what they did with us actually, they talked to our parents. They said, "Look, we're super interested with them. Our new show starts in a year from now. So what we were thinking of doing is actually taking them out of regular school, the four girls, providing them a private teacher at where they train. So at the school circus." And then they do school. And then as soon as they finish school, they go to training. But there's no lost time of anything. We're in that spot. And that wasn't done yet. There was no schooling in the school circus. Like we were the, the prototypes. <laughs> we were the first. Now there's there's a whole system at the school cir uh, school circus um, with school and everything. But so we were the first ones. And so we did that for a year. And we're like, great. You know, and if of course, there was always like if one of us you know, really gives up or doesn't want to go or whatever. It's kind of like it's a tryout, I guess, for a year for everyone, as, as much for us, and to have a reality of what it is to have a full day of, of training as well, like really more full. So I thought that was, in you know, thinking about it now, I think that's a great idea because how can you tour right away and, and, and not, it's about eight to 10 shows a week we do touring. Mondays are always off, but eight to 10, sometimes 11 shows. And uh, Vegas is 12 shows a week, two shows a day, one day off. So it's, you know, so I'm glad they did that year. And of course, you know, you're a kid. It's still not ever a job in your hair, in my, my head. I mean, and it's never a career. It's just dream at that point. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I joined the circus. This is right. like, it's crazy. You just say that. What did you do? I joined the circus. Like yeah. how many I people literally, say that? Right. I ran away with the circus at the age of 13. That's like crazy. Like, and, and, and I'm a mom now, so I have three boys and I'm like, how did you let me go at 13? Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> like, it's a big decision. Like I was literally gone from like 13 to 19 and I would see my parents four times a year for a week. That's amazing. That, 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 that was my life like that. I mean, I would talk to them every day and there was no Skype at that time. So my bills were ridiculously expensive. Um, but they were really part of my life. Like every time, you know, any, any small, Oh, I want to buy like, uh, I don't know, CDs or anything. Like I was really like, I'm a kid, you know, like I don't, I, so there were right in the reach of a phone, but yeah, but, but it's not like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like I remember having the Cirque du Soleil had, you know, we have gates all around them, right? Cause it's, 
nobody from the outside world, that's how I called it when I was young, could come in, right? The audience come in when the doors open to see the performance. So actually, it's like a tiny little village in every amazing city or country I go to. So if I'm in New York City, like, it's amazing, but I can't just step out and I'm still like 15. So I can't just leave and go where I want. This is my inner city here, right? Right. right? So... So it, it is par- quite particular and there's no one like checking what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to eat and even school. Like it's, there's no teacher teaching me a class. Like I was in English school because I went to English school. The girls are studying in French because they went to French school. So if I'm, I'm studying in my books and if I have a problem or I don't understand, I ask the teacher, but nobody's teaching. me. So just that in itself is also like, it takes a lot of, responsibility and just focus so I knew that at the end of the month I had to be at this page for math for every subject I knew but if I wanted I could do two weeks of just math like I had the choice and the freedom of how I studied but at the end of the month I had to be at a specific place and all my marks had to be 80% and over never less so if I failed the test like if I had 75, I had to redo it. And when you redo a test, you lose, you start off with like minus five points or minus 10 sure. points because it's a right. So, yeah. like, so like that, they force the kids to kind of say, it's not an option to not do school. You can't be performing and not do school. So it was like a real way of motivating us and saying it's as important. And if you're 80% through your whole year, there's no way at the, at the final test that you can fail. There's just, that's how they calculate it. Well, at least they were concerned about your education, right? I mean, well, yeah, but you, yeah, it but wasn't that way in the past with child performers. You know, they didn't care about their education at all, which was a plus. So, so how did it feel like the first time at that age that you went out in front of one of those huge audiences? What was that feeling like? Well, at Cirque du Soleil, the first show I did was in Montreal, in the in old old port so and it was may may 8 1990 and that was my birthday so happy so anniversary my- <laughs> and happy yeah. birthday in a couple of days wow yeah. that's a big day yeah it is i well it's a big day cuz i turned 14 on the day of my first performance with Cirque du Soleil so it was like unforgettable in my head and i remember like dressing up like there's always a party, like a premiere party and I'm 14. So my parents got me this dress. And I look at it now and I was like, oh my God, I was wearing that. I look like a princess. Like I have these pink, like a prom <laughs> night. And I'm like so proud. And it's like my birthday and it's my first show. And it's like, it's really unimaginable. Um, and also to have my parents there, you know, that the, to, that the show was in Montreal. The first show was huge because my parents are, were my parents are, were immigrants, so Latino, so they're from Peru. So of course they want the best for their kid in Canada to make the best of it. And now I'm going to travel the world <laughs> at the age of 14 with the first performance. So that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty crazy. What an amazing experience. So, so I know that you know how many countries eventually in those 10 years did you hit? I don't know in those 10, but I know lately because my older son did a conference on mommy the contortionist and we counted the countries I've been and we, we were able to count 26. Wow. 
So I don't know in the first 10, but it, it wasn't like in my whole life, I would say for now. It's, uh, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty- <laughs> wow. So now fast forward, you go Cirque du Soleil. And then how, how do you get from being a former circus performer to getting cast on Star Trek, that new series, as a monster? What was the name of the monster, by the way? I was looking for it, and I couldn't find the name of the monster. They just called it Monster. Ah, that's why. Okay. They literally just called it. Yeah. And you know, it's, 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 you know, I'm, it's more like of a stunt, I would say, because I'm a character, right? I'm behind this mask. And basically they were looking for some bendy person of my understanding, somebody who was flexible and kind of like, I guess, gross in some ways, like weird. And I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. That I would like, it was like, if I, I felt like I was 14 again and going like, reminding myself that was one of my dreams to like because we traveled in Hollywood we traveled with Sir and we 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 met all these famous people and actors and and came that came to see the show so we were I was really fascinated by going one day I'm gonna be in a movie like it was still somewhere in my head of like the kind of dream of especially being like an ugly monster because contortion is like the way we present it in, in Cirque du Soleil, it's, it's fluid, it's dance, it's emotional, it's it's not, it's not pain-free. You know, you, I don't have this, like, face of, like, oh, my God, this is painful. Not that it is, but it's totally the opposite. So when you're 14, you're like, oh, yeah, I totally want to be an ugly monster and, like, be all crooked and, and, and scare people, almost, like. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know? so- the complete opposite of what you always train for. Wow. And I love, I, I love to do what I did, but as a kid, I did, I, I didn't, I almost forgot that memory. So when I did get Star Trek and they asked me to do a monster, I was like, oh my God, it's like what, it was like an old memory coming back. I'm realizing, oh my God, I can still, I can still realize this kid dream that I didn't even think it was still there somewhere. So it was, it was, it was a beautiful thing for me to like have that opportunity to, uh, to just create and also they they weren't you know they want somebody who's bendy and it's going to do a monster but it's very unclear the scripts are written very last minute uh, especially for like a character like me they have an outline but it's not specific so it was really fun and it was it was to explore it and to discover it and to create it um luckily it was in toronto so it was only like an hour flight uh, it was very close. So sometimes I would just go for costume fittings or lens and, and just go back and forth morning and evening. And and being a mom, I was more being a mom and teaching flexibility and performance is not my first thing all the time anymore about touring as much as when I was younger. So it was really nice to like have two months of like just going back and forth. And then I'm like, oh, I'm a mom again. Okay, uh, I'm back. I'm a, like, right. I was, that was really... Right. It felt good. Like, it was like, oh, this is nice. Like, like I'm having fun doing this, you know? it's Got it's the not, best of both worlds. Yeah, it's not asking me to leave for six months or do something like I'm used to it, I, I guess, in my memory. It's just, it was perfect. I mean, I was tired because sometimes I'm still a mom, so I'm still getting up at five in the morning, no matter what time I, I came in from the evening before. And, and yeah, it's different. It's not a circus world. The the film world is quite uh, another world, but, but they're still close. I just still felt that family uh, feeling, like all the actors together, like they've been 
season after season and you feel that chemistry and also right, and right. also that calmness they have this calmness in their ground like you can feel they're at home like when if you would see me backstage in a circus you would probably be fascinated about everything and how we do makeup and everything. I'm like, this is home. This just feels like my living room. This is great. Like, like airports feel like that for me. People, sometimes I feel that I see people stress out and looking for it. You're comfortable. And I'm like, oh my God, I love airports and airplanes. It's just like, there's something in my body that recognizes that that's part of who I like I've been doing that for so long so there's this comfort yeah there's this pleasant feeling of it it's familiar yeah it's familiar yeah. yeah so so you mentioned the makeup how long did that take to put that on because people are going to see a video three hours, three hours. yes wow it, and what I do you do for those three hours besides go crazy <laughs> no, no, you you meditate, you chill. No, I, actually, I like I'm a kid. Imagine I, I really like I'm so present in the moment. I think because these experiences are kind of different. You know, it's not me put like in Cirque du Soleil. I do my own makeup, and it's almost like a preparation, a mental preparation to do my performance. Now I don't do my makeup. I'm sitting there. I'm a people are sticking stuff on me and it's glued it's basically a, an amazing latex uh, face they're putting on me and on top of that they have to inline everything and glue and then put makeup and lens and so it starts really early like it's somewhere between four and six in the morning often so I'm the first one of the first people there and I just love to see this monster unfold because I'm not used to it like Cirque du Soleil I'm used to I know what to expect or what character I'm like discovering it every time and, and also it's giving it's also feeding my brain of like okay how can i what am i going to do with this and that's so, what i was going to ask are you yeah. into that monster are you like oh okay this is cool i can definitely be someone else i mean that must have spiked your creativity right yeah and i think i really think it's easier sometimes to be someone else like i really like that you don't see my face like i really i i i uh, I was surprised of that. Like I, it was almost more comfortable to be hidden behind this mask because if I'm nervous or if I'm whatever, if I'm a little tired, it doesn't, they, they see a monster, right? So, and the monster is like so stuck. So if I move my cheek, everything moves. That was fascinating to me too. I never had that, uh, that feeling of like, I really felt this creature was part of me. Except he was heavy, like it was like almost five pounds on my head, which changes your whole balance. And oh so wow, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So for you as a as a movement specialist, that extra weight had to make a huge difference. Yeah, and the costume too. Like the costume was another six pounds. So both. And I don't rehearse. Unfortunately, we didn't have enough time. It doesn't work that way <laughs> that you rehearse with your mask and after you I mean you rehearsed just before filming which is a few times but in my head that's not where you create it's done already you know you should have so I rehearsed that rehearsed as much as I could maybe two days before to 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 see the table and to feel the the objects around me but not with the whole thing so I think that's a, like it added a little level of like okay I need to be in this zone where I can think about my breath just a little more because it's just adding and adding things that I'm unused to. Like, um, yeah. 
So, so the weight was different for sure. On my hands, I also have latex hands, so I don't even have the you know the the, the sensors under my hands, to, which I'm super used to. Luckily, they were super well made, so it didn't make that much of a difference. I was surprised. That's one of the things that scared me a little bit. And then the lens, it's colored, so I can only have front view. So I don't, I lose all my side vision. Wow. And for the audience that doesn't understand how important your vision is to an athlete, you know, it's everything in terms of sending information to your brain. So for someone who's moving in 360 degrees and you only have a straight line of sight, that must have been challenging. Yes. So it was just like a lot of things. It was the weight of the hand, the, the head, the costume. The, the texture of my hands and the lens. And then the thing is, it's the first time I'm putting it on. And then the first time we filmed was at the Kingston Penitentiary. Oh. So the whole cast was there and it's in the stairs. Spooky. Yes, spooky. You, you feel the vibe. It's a, quite a vibe. <laughs> and so the first time I put everything, I'm like, okay, I did not practice with all this. I think I know, you know, I have an idea of the outline, <laughs> but this adds a whole other level. So I was glad that the stunt coordinator, he was amazing at Chris McGuire. Like we learned to work together and he helped me out a lot, but I was often like, is it okay? Cause I have like, this is a lot of new things. And he knows, right? He's used to all this and he's used to all these monsters and costumes as well, but he's also never really like with a contortionist being like worked in that way. So we learned how to work together, but um, yeah. And they were, it, it was just like, it's really like really cool. Like the big hands of the cameras, you know, the big, big things like in the movie, like all around you and all angles. And then of course I have to do it. Like, I don't know how many times I would say 40, 50 times, like something ridiculous. I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like again, again, again. And I was like, I can do this. I've got it every time, you know, at they would say, okay, Judy, stand by. Are you ready? And I'm like, I'm like laying on the floor, like melted on the floor, ready to like <clears throat> do this creature. And every time, like he would say action in my head, even it was like the 30th or 35th take, it had to be, I had to convince my brain that it was the first take. I remember doing that at every single take because I had no idea how long it would last. We did have some breaks for sure, but it always, because I, I'm tired, it's heavy, the lens, sweaty, I don't see enough, I can't hear, sound is muffled. So I'm supposed to go up when the actor, uh, Doug Jones says a specific word at the end of that word, that's my cue, but I can't hear it. <laughs> So at some point I was like telling, you know, the, 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 the people like, I can't hear it. Can there be another visual or somebody say my name? There's, so we had to figure things out. And I didn't know everything until I just right do, it then. do it on the spot. <laughs> but on the spot, I feel like maybe there was less than 60 people, but it felt about a good big team. So I just, you feel that it's not a rehearsal space. So I'm trying to figure all these things out as quick as I can. And, and also deal with, okay, get breath in your body, re-regulate re, re, uh, yourself. And then as soon as he says, action, this is it. This is take one. And the monster, the creature was really 
getting an emotional part in, in me, which also came to a surprise because um, my mom had this awful, um, well, I call it awful, maladie, ALS. Um, so it's it's a it's basically your 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 body shuts down part by part, not knowing what's next, but your brain is 100% intact. So it's almost you get imprisoned. In yeah, Lou Gehrig's disease. So it's an awful. Yes, exactly. So every every time, you know, he would say stand by and he would say action, I just thought, oh my God, if my mom had this strength, like the strength to stay alive and to, until the end, she, she just didn't want to choose to leave. She just wanted, you know, the universe, God to decide when was her time. So I, every time I, I was like, how much determination, I don't know how she does it, you know? And so I was thinking about nice. that. I think that's what nourished me. And I hated the monster and I hated, I guess I put the hatred of what made her stick into this monster. Mm-hmm. And that made it very accessible and easy for me to access because it was so close to me. It's vivid and it's ugly and, and it's in, she's in prison and I feel like it's, it's, you know, the mask and the sound and everything. So I kind of, I know it has nothing to do with what she went through, but it did make me connect quickly to a level that was dark or ugly and, and just indestructible. So no matter how many takes it's like, I got this and I know she was there with me and I know she would be extremely proud as well. So I was like, I've got this. This is fun. This I belong here. Feel great. Yeah. Wow. What a beautiful experience. You know, in the end, I bet you look back at it, you go, what an amazing experience, you know, to, to be able to do that. The, the question that I have is how many of the actors were you able to scare? Um, well, the, you know, they're used to monsters. They're used to all that, but upside down, like ugly, like bent, it, it, it was cool. It was cool to be with them. They were super nice. Um, Doug Jones, uh, he's all, often in a character like me, a little prettier cause I'm like a burnt Kelpian and he's always a Kelpian. But in that episode specifically that I was in, I was in two episodes, episode 11 and 13, He's not a Kelpian. So for him and the the whole world that follows Star Trek and always sees Doug Jones as a Kelpian in this episode, he's a human. (laughs) So he was looking at me and he was like, you know, I understand my precious child. I totally because he's always in that. He's not necessarily maybe bending all the time, but he's wearing this mask and he's this Kelpian all the time. He felt your pain. Yes. Yeah, he felt your pain. And they were just, it was beautiful to see. Like, they were really uh, appreciating my art and, and, you know, like kind of saying, hang in there. You know, they see that they were kind of saying what we do is easy, but you, like, they knew I had to warm up. They knew I had to be upside down. They knew there, they know that there's going to be so many takes that you can't imagine how many, you can't predict it, so. They were, they were awesome. And, and also, I, I guess also the tricky thing was food because of the whole mask, I can only drink like a straw. <laughs> so my option was like green juice with peanut butter. Uh, <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> oh, my God. 
No, but I love shakes. So, uh, and the food actually was really delicious. So I picked out almost at the end or, or the day before or after, but during there was just liquid. Yeah. I mean, that's like the whole day in that suit takes. And so, you know, it's not it like was, they can take the makeup off. It was 18 hour days. Sometimes you must I have lost a lot of weight, Jenny. Did you I lose did, a lot of weight? I did. I did lose some weight. Wow. So for the start, uh I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say there was always prepared days off after filming if we had to shoot again, because that was really one of the things that I insisted. And they know too, and they're really respectful. If they can can make it happen, they will. Of course, sometimes it's impossible, but they did do their best for that because I do need at least one 24 hours sometimes to to recuperate. So I would... obviously book a massage <laughs> yes of course yeah. yeah yeah and for do you think they'll bring back the the character the monster this specifically no i don't think so but there's always monsters that's my hope they're 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 filming they're filming season four right now in Toronto. i know that um so i'm still crossing my fingers there's Something, something will show up, something. And the experience went well both ways. Um, I know Chris McGuire was super happy. Like, it was like, hmm, okay, I got you in mind. I know what you can do now. Like, I could see him, like, think, so we'll see. And, I mean, if it's not there, there'll be other opportunities. I'm really, I'm just excited because I really have, I can see it. I can see happening other funky characters are creating and it doesn't always necessarily have to be like extremely bendy. And I think that's what I love about it too. It's not about a contortion act anymore. Like in Sertrale, it was a number, it was specific tricks. So it's more about in my head, the pleasure of having passages and meltdowns. And like, I'm, I'm intrigued of exploring that way more. Like even I don't know. Like I, I, I was imagining like an old, super old, like almost like, um, I don't know, old character and then just like being so uncomfortable and, and, and pushing that level a little more. And of course, balancing on my hands is, is one of the major, I guess, things that I'm good at and I love. And I think I can do that for a really, really long time, luckily. Um, There's always a need for monsters, Jenny. There'll yes. always be monsters. <laughs> so I think you, you we're going to see a lot more of you, you know, and... I want to thank you because I, this has been a lot of fun. Where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, Ginny Jacinto. Um, there's soon going to be a website. It's in, in construction right now. Um, but yeah, pretty much. It's Facebook. It's, it's just my name. Ginny Jessica Jacinto or Ginny Jacinto. We'll put everything in the it. show note links. And we'll do this again because... Like we said off camera, we, we want to talk about natural movement and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, raising kids and all the different things that you've applied to it. I'm really interested in that. But thank you so much. Um, continued success. And, you know, I'm sure uh, everybody will look for you on the TV series. Merci. Thanks again, friends, for listening to another episode of What's Good with Ben V. 
If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, share it on your social media. We look forward to you sitting back and enjoying future episodes where we look behind the curtain and learn a little something about an athlete or an entertainer that you didn't know.